And we are live. This is the Canada Hoops Daily Presents Wrap It Up Podcast. My name is Sheldon Alexander, and it's a new year, new look Raptors, and we're talking W's. Raptors win, Raptors win, Raptors win 124 to 121. The Raptors win over the Cleveland Cavaliers. A new starting lineup. RJ and Emmanuel quickly both in the starting lineup. They cooked. Pascal Siakam with 36. He cooked. Scotty Barnes was looking good, doing a little bit of everything like we've been accustomed to Scotty doing. I mean, all in all, a good win for the Raps. Also, let's be honest about this right off the front end. We've seen a lot of games from this Raptors team this season where this game ends in an L because they blow it at the end. This team was able to hang on, and I got to give them a lot of credit for that because of this. You have two new guys you're putting into your starting lineup. They had like a shoot around today. <laughs> you know, it's not like they've had like a full on practice to get acclimated with the team, with the plays, with any of that. So you have the two new guys in the lineup, and now you're trying to juggle on the fly your closing lineups. And Darko pulled it off. They hung on and won this game 124 to 121. And the thing we talk about the most on this pod, or the thing that I love to talk about the most on this pod, when you talk about your team and how serious your team is, what do you do in winning time? And the Raptors made enough plays down the stretch to win this game. So credit where credit is due. The vibes are high. It was cool to see the the fans like cheering on RJ. The fans were hyped up before the game. You saw that during the introductions, he was getting a standing ovation, which is what we talked about on the pod when the trade went down. Like it was just cool to see the crowd fired up. And, you know, there's so much talk. Like, I don't know how to phrase this properly, but there's a lot of talk about RJ Barrett and what RJ Barrett is. You know what I mean? And it's like, if he's just Canadian OG Ananobi, do you know what I mean? Like, if he just does what OG did for the Raps and puts up the same amount of points, we know he's not going to play the same level of defense, but he's also younger. So that can, you know, be something that he gets better at, you know, or figures out how to work team-wise, we'll say. But bottom line is, what do we need RJ Barrett to be for this to be deemed a success? I mean, I already deem it a, a massive success in terms of the trade because... I've stated, and I'll continue to state it, listen, RJ Barrett is just as good as OG Ananobi. If you tell me OG's better, cool. I'm not going to argue with you, but like, they're basically the same. And you're telling me I get a manual quickly. A funny thing off the front end, if you're paying attention to the Raptors game and the broadcast, right? Think about how they were talking about the Toronto Raptors getting two new guys in their starting lineup. Two players right into your starting lineup you gave up three guys <laughs> and we're talking about the two guys being so good that they're in your starting lineup so it's just such a weird thing when you really take the step back and realize what the raptors might have potentially done with this addition of Emmanuel quickly and rj barrett credit to those two guys as they came into this game same thing right they're they're figuring it out on the fly and I feel like you got to give them credit. RJ with 19 and nine quickly with 14 and six, both of them 
looked okay, you know? And I thought for, I mean, if you're getting 19 and nine from RJ, you're going to take that every night, 14 and six from quickly. You're going to take that as well. So to me, a great night in terms of the trade, and this is just their first game. What happens when they do have some practice time or they do sit with Darko and watch some film, or they do know, you know, start to learn some of the, the uh, intangibles of your teammates, right? What your teammates like, where they like the ball, you know, when you're passing it to them in the shooting pocket, who you can pass to on the fast break. Like when you learn all those intricacies, how much better can this get? Because the first quarter, right out the gate, this was beautiful. Out the gate, this was like what every Raptors fan thought and was dreaming of when this trade was announced. You're seeing a team that was flying up the court, pushing the ball at every turn quickly, whether it was quickly, whether it was uh, RJ, whether it was Pascal or Scotty, they were getting the ball and they were pushing the ball up the floor. A season high 41 first quarter points for the Toronto Raptors. There were threes being hit by everyone, led by Siakam, who was knocking them down comfortably. Scotty was hitting threes and selling, you know, quickly hitting the floaters. Like, it was just beautiful to watch. And, okay, you're not going to score 41 points in every single quarter, but for it to get off to that kind of start, you have to remember, right, Darko's offense is about ball movement, sharing the ball, spacing, and... When you add in guards, it just balances out a lineup that didn't really have guard play. But the other thing is, because you mentioned the starting lineup, right? So you had Scotty Barnes playing, you know, you had Scotty Barnes with Pascal and Yak, but then you also add in RJ Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly, right? So that's your starting five. But the other thing that is incredible about this is think about what it does to your bench. You now have Dennis Schroeder and Gary Trent Jr. both coming off the bench. That's a pretty good start, sixth and seventh men, to come off the bench. And then if Boucher is your next guy coming off the bench, like, you know what I mean? It just makes your bench so much better. You're getting some type of depth as opposed to your bench that used to be Malachi Flynn and Precious. So think about how you've traded, you've made this trade, You've improved your starting lineup. And by improving your starting lineup, you've also improved your bench. That is a great trade. <laughs> like, I just don't, I don't see the downside. And this is not hyperbole. This is not, you know, me being Raptors fanboy, like whatever. This is like, I need someone to explain to me the downside of this trade in which OG was probably walking away at the end of the year. And instead you got someone in RJ Barrett who might he's in the same realm of talent wise but he's younger and will be signed for cheaper and more years of control at the cheaper number than whatever OG is about to sign for which you didn't want to sign him to right but he's going to get a lot more than what RJ makes going forward then add in the canadian stuff which is just a dope added bonus that's just cool right and today, you know, part like my job, like what I was doing earlier today, to do the openings for Sportsnet, right? So that's producing the openings. Shouts to my guy, Rochester, who blessed us with the song called On The Move, which we used. And we shot that music video uh, earlier this year, but able to use that for the big trade, obviously, as the pieces are now on the move and the Raptors are trying to be on the move up the standings and all that fun stuff, right? But putting together the opening, getting to go back through a bunch of R.J. Barrett 
you know, stories and features done by like our dope features team. But like seeing all that video of how we've watched this kid from being a kid, hearing him talk about, you know, coming to Raptors games with his dad and watching, you know, Kyle Lowry when he first got here and DeMar and Jose Calderon. And now he gets to put that Raptors jersey on. That's pretty cool. So again, I don't know what, you know, if you want to make projections about what RJ should be, cool, more power to you. I would advise to just sit back and enjoy because the expectation level of what you need him to be on this team, like Scotty Barnes is still on this team, quickly is still here. And as long as Pascal is still here, the scoring you're going to get from RJ is like a great bonus. And if he plays consistently like he played tonight where every I, I loved his game in terms of everything was downhill there were times yeah where he tried to dribble maybe through too many guys got in the air once and, and made a turnover and I understand that and you can work through that right but I do like that it was just consistent downhill motion bully ball from RJ and I liked it that was huge that's massive and if again going back to the comparison of OG OG was sitting out at three-point line and just taking those shots. RJ was getting the ball at three-point line, up faking and trying to get busy to the cup. I like that. You have quickly to shoot threes. You have Gary Trent Jr. to shoot threes. Cool. Siakam, I mean, while Siakam's hitting threes, Siakam had, what, five threes in this game? <laughs> Siakam and, and Scotty Barnes, or should I say Steph Curry Barnes? Like, I don't know. I just love the fact that this Raptors team you've gotten an injection of life. You've gotten an injection of just emotion and speed and youth and energy and, you know, just a newfound life. Because going forward, at least, you know, you want to be pushing something if you're this team. You want to be pushing, okay, even if we're not, you know, we're going to try to win some games, which, hey, good start on night one. But at the same time, you're trying to figure it out with this core of Scotty Barnes, RJ Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly. And down the stretch, I thought it was interesting seeing Quickly not be afraid to just take some of those shots, right? Not afraid at all. I thought that was really dope too. But again, I know I got so hype off the front end. Thank you to the people tuning into the pod. Know that you can catch this podcast, the Canada Hoops Daily Presents Wrap It Up podcast, coming to you live and interactive after each and every Toronto Raptors game. You can interact with the show live. Send in your comments and questions. You can do that at a bunch of places. You can do that on Instagram and on YouTube. Those pages are under Canada Hoops Daily on Twitter. It's under Can Hoops Daily. That's where you can find the show live, interact, and be a part of the show. If you ever missed a show live, no problem. We got you covered under the feed, Canada Hoops Daily, on both Apple and Spotify. I'm going to go through the show. I see the comments already. People are coming in with some comments. The fans are hype. Uh, we got G, who just says, simply, nice win. Uh, Aisha says, resign Pascal. What the else does he have to do? And he wants to stay. <laughs> I mean, 36 from Pascal, 36 large from Pascal. Yeah, I mean, a, a very great performance from Pascal Siakam. And I think the timely buckets, the team realizing at certain points, hold on, let's let's find Pascal, let him cook here. That was huge. 
But yeah, continue to send in your comments and questions. I'm going to quickly just go through the game and especially winning time and break that down because there's some interesting things just in terms of rotations, in terms of who's going to get the ball when that I kind of want to go through. So bear with me. And in the meantime, again, send in your comments and questions. I will try to get to them all as we normally do on the pod. And yeah, thank you for tuning in and enjoying the good vibes on the new year. I hope everyone had a good new year last, like New Year's Eve, now into the new year. Great start, right? Happy new year. So the start of the game, mentioned new starting lineup for the Raps. You got quickly with uh, RJ Barrett, Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, and Jakob Pertl. Liking the vibes in the new starting lineup. Love that they came out with the starting lineup, you know, as is with the two new guys in there. No need to ease them in. Let's just play ball. See what you got. And quickly is not shy. My guy came out the gate and he was ready to rock. And I loved that he was ready to just put up shots, get involved in the game. He wasn't being shy. He is here to get busy and to get buckets. And I like the fact that he was that aggressive early on. Missed his first shot, but then got it going. He had a very good start as the Raptors had a really good start. They started off seven for 10 from the three-point line quickly with seven points early, two assists. He was two of two from three. I thought he had a really good first half despite the foul trouble. And I mean, quickly, you know, the energy, the other thing about putting together the opening, which was so much fun, was there's so many hype replays of quickly just being hype after his baskets between him and Scotty Barnes, they might be the Selly Kings, right? Like they might, they might have so much fun this year celebrating after their three point shots. Cause quickly he's just good vibes all around. I'll get more into the sound. Someone remind me, or maybe I'll make a note for myself to talk about the, the pregame sound or the, the press conference sound from earlier today before the game, after they had their practice. Cause I found it very interesting listening to both of those guys, and it just made me even more hype to watch the game and for the future of this franchise. So yeah, quickly off to a good start. Shouts to quickly when he got the and one and he's high-fiving the fans in the front row. Like, I love the vibes with him and Scotty. You know, as much as we talk about Scotty, Scotty is positive vibes, right? More positive vibes is good. I like that. Cool. Second quarter, as I mentioned, right? Coming off the red-hot first quarter, which season-high 41 first-quarter points. Raptors led 41-32. Threes were all around, as mentioned. Second quarter, bully ball from RJ. I loved that. I thought that was just amazing. Seeing him consistently take, not settling. If he keeps that up, it's just a great, great piece to what the collection of other Raptors scorers can do. Him cutting is going to be great. I love it. As mentioned, the Raptors were rolling in that second half, and they were pushing the ball. They were getting up and down the floor. They were out-hustling the Cavs. Everything was beautiful. The lead got all the way up to 19 points, which was just incredible. And I think the vibes for the Raps were just on such a high. And then they kind of let the Cavs back in. Part of that was, I thought quickly, once he picked up his fourth foul, which there's no way that he should pick up his fourth foul in the first half. I think that one's got to be on Darko. And I know that Scotty was getting to the table and was about to sub in for him. But once he has three fouls, you can't let him get his fourth foul in the first half. That just can't happen, right? 
and he dealt with bowel trouble. He goes out, and I'm not saying there's a correlation, but definitely the style of play from the whole team kind of shifted. Rap shot one of nine to start the second quarter. Cavs, meanwhile, close on a 17-3 run. They cut the lead to 67-59 at the half, despite the fact that Pascal Siakam, as mentioned, red hot in that first half, 15 points on six of nine shooting. Now, the second half, the Cavs, man, the Cavs are a deep team because here's the thing. They're playing in this game without Garland, who's out. And obviously, we know he's a huge part of their team. Mobley also out. He's also a very big part of their team. And yet, this team had come in, I think it was, what, five of seven games they'd won? Like, they've come in, and they're still doing really well. And part of that is, of course, you have Donovan Mitchell still. Struess has been a really good pickup, despite the fact he struggled tonight. But Jared Allen, of course, holding things down in the middle. The Raps, while they did a good job on Struess, who killed them in the last meeting when the Raps played the Cavs in Cleveland, it was Karis LeVert who the Raps couldn't contain in this one. And Merrill, I don't even know who Merrill is, but that dude was also cooking. He hit four threes off the bench. He was doing really well, and it was an old classic stereotype thing where immediately at the other end, everyone just went at that dude in the post. But the Raps weren't able to get stops, and if you're not able to get stops and you're not able to score... That equals bad news, and that's how that lead got erased in the second half. And the Cavs, as mentioned, Karis LeVert, Donovan Mitchell, those guys are certified cookers. And I use that term because that's what I call quickly as well. And I feel like every team needs some of those guys. You know, Kenny Smith always says, you know, uh, good offense will beat good defense all the time. You know, one-on-one, like that's what the NBA is, the best players in the world. You're not stopping a dude who has that offensive package. You're basically hoping that he misses a shot. And some of those shots that Donovan Mitchell and Karis LeVert were hitting in that Cavs comeback, it was just incredible to see. And it's not even that the Raps were playing that poorly, right? Like the Raptors were playing solid defense. They were right there. These guys were hitting crossover step back threes and splashing them. So credit where credit is due. The Cavs came all the way back. At one point, they were even leading the game. Um, Donovan Mitchell had them down one. Siakam hit another three, which was massive and just great timing. And that's the stuff we talk about when who is your guy? Who do you turn to when you need a bucket? And that was Pascal Siakam tonight. Every time the Cavs were right there, and I mean, the Cavs had the lead for a bit in that second half, but every time the Raps needed a bucket, they found Pascal Siakam and shouts to Alvin, who kept bringing this up on the on the broadcast. Like, you need to know who your guy is to get busy and get those buckets. And the Raptor, the Raptors did do a good job at that, especially after, as mentioned, they could have definitely blown this game. Anyone who's watched the Raptors this season, once Donovan Mitchell hit that three over quickly to take the lead, 111-108. And again, he gave them the the, the hezzy crossover step back, like he gave them that work. Hits that tough three. We've seen this Raptors team just like buckle and lose to whether it was Jordan Clarkson last week, who's throwing up signs as he's going back up the floor, right? We've seen the Raptors team falter in the clutch, but that did not happen. The Raptors were battling. 
and they were battling because they reverted back to what they were doing in the first half. As the Cavs made their run, as the Cavs took the lead, huge play where quickly gets the ball, finds Scotty Barnes up ahead. Barnes, it should have been called an and one, but instead they end up calling it a clear path foul, which erases a two points. Scotty has to go to the line. And, you know, if that and one goes in, the building is rocking. The team is rocking. The momentum is switching back. But instead, we get a review. It slows everything down. Not getting into my review. The reviews are not are not lowering my vibes today. I want to stay on the happy vibes talking about the raps. Bun the reviews, though. So Scotty ends up doing that. Next time down, Pascal gets the ball. And it was a beautiful thing to see because the Raptors swing the ball to Pascal in the corner. And Jared Allen is sagged off him, and he's going to let him shoot. And Pascal kind of jab-stepped, kind of looked like he was about to take the shot. And then this, to me, is the maturity and the growth of this team, of Pascal, of Scotty. He, even though my guy had so many threes in the game, and he's open, he knows at that point in the game, and in this matchup with Jared Allen, I can take him off the dribble. And Pascal took him off the dribble, drove baseline, and he went up trying to score. He knows that he has to go through the body, right, to like get some space because obviously Jared Allen is a really good shot blocker. So Pascal, when he drives, he drives into him, takes a contact, but he went up trying to score, gets the bucket to fall, gets the and one. He's screaming. I'm already thinking of how I'm going to use that shot in the next opening. I got to cut, <laughs> right? But again, a great, deci great decision making. What do you do in winning time? And Pascal could have sat there and taken another three and instead, no, turns down the three-pointer, drives to the lane, gets the and one, just beautiful basketball. Side note, pause here for a second, because shouts to Alvin Williams on the broadcast, because he brought up the fact that what we were talking about on the pod where Scotty Barnes took 15 threes, was that the number of the last game, right? Like he hit seven of them, cool but like 15 threes is wild. <laughs> like that's a wild amount of threes to be taking. I'm just glad that someone else acknowledged that because I understand where the game is going and I get that, but you can't have your mans out here. Like your people named Steph Curry or not named Steph Curry should not be attempting 15 threes in a game. I'll just say that that ends my 10th, my Ted talk back to your regular, regularly scheduled program. Okay, so as mentioned, Pascal with the and one, wraps go up two. Karis Levert comes back down, and this is the crazy step back over Pascal. Pascal's right there. Even though he got beat on the step back, he still contested the shot. Didn't matter. It went in. Cavs lead 114-113. And again, another tough crunch time shot. We've seen other teams hit against the wraps, and we've seen them fold. Not this time. Scotty did a great job. He's surveying. He's driving the lane. He's measuring. He's measuring. Finds Yak. Yak ends up hitting the and one. Goes to the line, but can't hit the free throws. Like Yakko Pirtle, he is what he is. And I know he gets a lot of flack because he misses free throws. You know, there's times where you'd wish he'd go up and dunk the ball, but he doesn't. But like, instead of focusing on what he can't do, I think Yakko Pirtle is really solid. 
And the main reason why the Raps got him last year, and if you remember, uh, pass. Well, I was about to call Pascal. I was about to call Masai Pascal for some reason. But if you remember Masai Ujiri's press conference, when he talked about why it was so important putting Jakob Pertl in that starting lineup, it's because you need someone who's going to rebound. You need someone who's going to set screens. You need someone who can affect the basketball game without having to score the ball. Now, he can score the ball. He's solid right around the rim, but he doesn't need the ball to have an impact. He sets screens, he cuts, he does all those little things that help your basketball team. And I'd say he does it pretty well. Like he is what he is, and that's pretty solid, right? So at this point, it's 116-116, and Scotty does a great job. Scotty could have taken the ball, but he did a good job in finding Pascal in winning time. And Pascal... I mean, it's cool watching this because we've seen Pascal's entire career and we've seen moments where in crunch time he gets the ball and he didn't really have like a go-to mid-range move. What I mean by that is when you think of the elite scores in the league or, you know, the headline guys on certain teams, when it's crunch time, you're giving the ball to your guy and they got to move. They got a move where, again, it's make or miss. And Scotty found Pascal. Pascal has the ball in the post, and he hits a turnaround Jimmy that you just know that that's just a gym shot that he works on. Like you just know, like you could just see he just, that's just repetition. That's just you wasn't with me shooting jumpers in the gym. Splash, turnaround Jimmy, raps take the league, the lead 118, 116. And that's a beautiful thing to see. And especially when we're talking about what this team needs to be successful, understanding the hierarchy, but also just understanding my guy's got 36 or that gave him 36, but like he's in the 30 plus, right? He's been going to work. They don't have an answer for him. Give that man the ball and get out of the way. So we're in the thick of winning time here. And this game could have went either direction. Game tied at 118. Scotty Barnes with a great drive to the basket. Nice scoop layup around uh, Jared Allen, who, again, huge shot blocker. Scotty drove at him, was able to hit the tough bucket, gives the Raps a 120-118 lead with a minute left. Now, next time down the floor, Emmanuel quickly has the ball, and he tries to take the shot. Misses a tough jumper. And I want to say, you know, again, he's not shy. And I like the fact that he's playing his game and he wasn't trying to like fit in. What I mean by that is earlier on in the season, if you remember watching the Milwaukee Bucks, a big problem was Dame Lillard came over to Giannis's team. Now, of course, I'm not comparing the Raptors to the Bucks. I'm not comparing Pascal Siakam to Giannis or quickly to Dame Lillard. But my point is the talk around that team was that Dame Lillard came in and was trying to fit in with Giannis where they got Dame Lillard because they need Dame Lillard to be Dame Lillard, right? The guy pointing at his watch and he wasn't really doing that early. So what I'm saying is when I see quickly come in in this situation in fourth quarter, it's winning time. And he's trying to get his shot off and he just misses. I'm okay with that. Right? Because again, this is a 50 game audition where you're going to see what you have in this guy. Is he your guard for the future? 
I love the energy and the vibes he brings. But we'll, with time, with these games, we're going to be able to see just how good this kid is. So he misses that jumper. Cavs come the other way. Donovan Mitchell misses a deep three. Scotty Barnes goes up and gets an incredible rebound. And Scotty Barnes has a really good chance here. And I know that there's a couple different ways to talk about this Raptors team because there's one where Pascal Siakam is here and there's one where Pascal Siakam is not here. But either way, Scotty Barnes has an interest. He's at an interesting spot right now because with OG gone, is Scotty going to get a lot of the premier defensive matchups, right? Scotty Barnes has a chance to elevate his game in a way that that impacts winning basketball on an elite level. Like Kevin Garnett, okay? And again, I'm not I'm using this as points of reference. I'm not using it as comparisons. As everyone likes to do comparisons is not what I'm doing here. I'm using it as a point of reference. Kevin Garnett especially when he went to the Celtics, right? He didn't have to score all the time, but he impacted the game by playing solid defense, anchoring that defense, rebounding the basketball, doing all of the other things that cleared the way for Paul Peasy to get buckets, for Ray Allen to get buckets, and he would still get his buckets when needed, right? Scotty Barnes, I see a scenario where he's going to, cook at the rim in terms of getting all the rebounds because he's that athletic and he can do it, but it's going to be a tough ask because it's a commitment to the defensive end and rebounding and blocking shots. But in crunch time for him to go up and sky for that rebound, that's a, that's a winning play. It's not something that's going to be in the highlight pack. It's not something that's going to make headlines, but it's something that his team needed to get the win. He gets a rebound gets fouled, hits one of them. Raptors lead 121-118 with 13 seconds left. RJ Barrett ends up hitting like two massive free throws for the Raps down the stretch. There's a lot going on late, you know, fouls and timeouts and um, the Donovan Mitchell trying to miss free throws on purpose. None of that worked for the Cavs. They didn't really have like a great chance to win the game or tie the game at the end. It was all like a free throw shooting contest. Shouts to Darko for the great move of uh, fouling when up three. I thought that was obviously a great play by Darko down the stretch. You saw him make some adjustments. You saw Schroeder come in at certain points for offensive possessions. He subbed in for RJ. You know, you saw Gary Trent Jr. come in for Yak at one point because you want to protect your free throws. Like just great managing of your roster by Darko late. Now, we talked about the quickly thing earlier and getting into foul trouble. You know, that's not really what you want to see. But overall, I thought it was pretty cool. And it's night one. Night one with your new pieces. A dub, 124-121 for a team that struggled through the last month. For a team that just lost to the Detroit Pistons, who hadn't won a game in 28 games. Like... I mean, the vibes couldn't be higher right now for the Toronto Raptors. They hold on for the victory, 124 to 121. Pascal Siakam leading the way for the Raps with 36 points, five rebounds, five of eight from three. I'm pretty sure he had five assists as well. Great night for Pascal Siakam. 
as he was scoring and making the plays, getting the buckets in winning time. RJ Barrett in his Raptors debut with 19 points and nine rebounds. Emmanuel quickly with 14 and six. Your man's Scotty B, 20 points, six rebounds, five assists. I mentioned Yak earlier, 14 and 11 for Yak. Also give him four assists, also give him three blocks. When you go through Yak's numbers, like they're solid. He's just giving you solid big man minutes. It's not anything that's going to really jump off the page at you. Obviously, there's some matchups that are better for him than others. But overall, I'm not mad at Yaka Pirtle. I know a lot of people are, and I get it. But like, there are certain matchups where you just need him to be a big body and like own his space in the paint. And I think he does a very pretty good job of that. Plus, when your big guy's getting you four assists, that's good. I like it. I like it a lot. Also, I got to say, I'm tiptoeing around how I say this because part of this Canada Hoops Daily brand is trying to add more Canadian coverage to like our stories, right? And I say that because I was watching, uh, should I say who it is? Yeah, I'll say who it is. It's cool because I want other people to go watch it too. Bobby Marks did a recap of the trade. Right now, mind you, it's rapid reaction. And so you're doing it off the cuff. You're doing it like immediately after it happens. So I understand, right? I get it. But he was talking about Precious Achua and what Precious could be bringing to the Knicks. And he said that Precious was having a better season than, than Jakob Pertl was for the Raptors. And I'm thinking, you have not watched Raptors basketball this season. Or... Maybe you watched the three games that Precious played well in. Maybe. Because that's the only way that you could think that Precious Achua has had a better season than Jakob Pertl this year for the Raps. That couldn't be further from the truth. So I say all that to say that who cares what they're saying about us? Let's create our content where we know that we're watching our games and discuss accordingly amongst ourselves. That's why this is a live and interactive show. And speaking of, let's get to some more comments here. Uh, let's see here. Nice to see there's a Knicks fan TV, Knicks film school sort of show for the raps. I don't know what that means. Uh, okay. Oh, is that is there a Knicks fan TV? Is that a thing? Knicks film school? Oh, it must be like a pod or something post-game show for the Knicks. Oh, that's cool. That's dope. Yeah, there's a bunch of them. The Raptors community is dope, man. Shouts to a bunch of people doing work for the Raptors. You know, podcasts. There's a bunch of different them, bunch of different podcasts and post game shows, and that's a beautiful thing to see, man. That's just dope. The more people focused in on talking about the Raptors and Canada basketball, I'm here for it. I love it, and that's what makes moments like R.J. Barrett playing his first game for the Raptors even cooler. I love it. Uh, Tammy chimes in and says, new jerseys are ordered. I got to ask Tammy, which one are you getting both RJ and IQ's jersey or is it RJ only curious about that? Serious question. Cause earlier today I was talking with my editor, Owen shouts to Owen did a dope job on the teases today, but Mike, we were talking about jerseys and how popular RJ's jersey could potentially be. I don't know. I think it has a really good chance. 
And obviously it's dependent upon how good he becomes in a Raptors uniform. Obviously, you know, he's under contract for what is it? At least four years. So he's going to get a good run here, but does he, is it going to be like a fan favorite? Like right now, if fans are going to buy a Raptors Jersey or next season, you know, when the new city Jersey comes out or whatever, like what is a Jersey that people are going to buy? Is it going to be RJ? Is it going to be Scotty? Could it be quickly if people fall in love with them, right? If he's high five and more fans, Julian says was interesting to see quickly wave everyone off at the end of the game. Great confidence, but maybe, maybe not the time or place for it. Listen, man, it's tough in those situations because it's, it's kind of like the gift and the curse, right? It's like, the confidence that that guy has is how he got to this place in his career. Think about that. Like, and again, the long line of Kentucky point guards, we're talking Shea, we're talking Jamal, right? Like you're talking Tyrese Maxey, obviously, you know, Maxey and uh, quickly, right? Like to get to that spot, you have to be supremely confident. So I get it. You know, it was interesting too, because after we were joking around about shouts to Worldwide Wob, who, when he talked about the trade, he, one of the things he said in his video was Raptors fans are going to fall in love with quickly. And the fact that he never misses that floater, the floater never misses. And in the first half, he hit a couple floaters and I was like, that's it. That's the floater. Now he missed a couple late. It's okay. I mean, a tough one that he tried off the glass, but you know. Again, all in all, I thought the trade like for night one, super dope. Uh, Tammy has responded and said both. She is getting both jerseys. Tammy is a diehard Raptors fan, and I appreciate that. Thank you for supporting the pod and continuing to comment and interact and watch the pod for all these years. Also says, loved how Julius Randle was cheering on his boys. Yeah, if you see, it was circulating on Twitter, I think it was. But he posted a video, or it's Instagram, but the video made its way to Twitter. I'll correct myself. But Julius Randle took a video of himself watching the Raptors game. And the caption said he's about to cheer on his boys. I think that's pretty cool. You know, that's dope. Love seeing that. The Knicks played earlier today in a matinee. OG and Anobi made his debut. It did look kind of weird to see OG not in a Raptors uniform. That's kind of strange. But at the same time, it looked weird seeing RJ in a Raps uniform. So yeah, here we are, 2024, right? I said I wanted to save some time to talk about the press conference that happened earlier today. And it was an interesting presser because, you know, you're introducing them to the media. RJ obviously is going to have to field a lot of questions about coming home and playing in front of his home fans and family and friends and all that. I got to say right off the bat, and I'm saying this from the perspective of, again, like, you know, I do the openings for the games when they're on Sportsnet, right? So part of that job is I will watch all the post-game clips and you're trying to get sound bites, you know, that fit into your teases, your openings. And my first thought while watching both of these guys speak was just I want to commend them for they just seem like solid dudes like just good dudes and it's not even something so 
It's not even something so like crazy that they said that made me like, oh, you know, this guy's really nice. Like they're super well-spoken and I'm not saying that in the, you know, cause I'm saying that as someone who's gotten that in a disrespectful way, like what the fuck do you expect me to sound like? I'm not saying it that way, but I'm saying what they were talking about. So for example, they asked RJ about feeling pressure about playing at home in front of his, you know, family and friends and like, you know, the pressures and distractions and all of that. And he gave such a good answer about how, you know, he's been in the league now for three years and in New York. And now that he's a little older and he's found his routine of being in the NBA in terms of the things that you need to prepare to go out and be successful on the court, you know, he's found that routine three years in. And so that helps him. He can bring that with him as he comes back home. He mentioned if he was 19, like if he was a kid, it might be a little different, right? It might be a little more tough to figure out, okay, well, when am I practicing? When am I going to go see fam? When am I going to, you know? And I thought that was just so like well thought out and such a really good point because they they were talking about where's he going to live? Is he going to, you know, because obviously he's from Mississauga. And he's like, no, I'm going to stay downtown. I got to be close to the practice facility because hours in the gym, also something that we love hearing, right? So I don't know. I just thought the presser was cool and quickly talking about how he just strives every day to be a better person on the court, but just as good off the court as well. That's something that he strives for in his daily life and just wanting to be a better person daily. You know, you could tell they're both spiritual guys as well you know, and hearing them talk about how important that is to them, you know, and it's like, you're just hearing these dudes talk and they're talking about their friendship because they were friends in New York, you know, while they were, they were teammates, obviously, but there's a next level of that, right? Like, you know, they call refer to each other as brothers and, you know, quickly mentioned as soon as the trade happened, RJ hit him up and obviously said, Hey man, if there's anything you need to know about Toronto, I got you. Don't worry about it. That's cool. I think that's just awesome. And I'm here for good vibes. I'm here for a lot of what quickly was talking about. Hey, we're trying to come here and, and, you know, get back to the winning culture. Him and RJ both echoed that getting back to the winning culture of what this team was in 2019. Now, is that going to happen tomorrow? Is that going to happen this year, next year? No, of course not. But I think it is important when you're talking about building culture, I think it's super important to have guys have that mentality that, hey, we want to win. That's what's important. That's what Dennis Schroeder was talking about last week that was missing, right? He thought in the locker room, there's a lot of, you know, people trying to get their own stats or focused on their own stats and weren't focused on winning basketball and getting RJ and quickly coming from a Knicks program, but more importantly, a Tom Thibodeau program. I think that's really cool too. Like that's huge. You're coming from like Tibbs is no nonsense, right? So he's demanding a certain style of play. He's demanding a certain kind of effort and having two young bucks go through that school is awesome. So in case you couldn't tell, I'm still a huge fan of the trade. <laughs> I was when the trade happened. I still am after night one. I thought it was dope to see the raps hang on. And, you know, it was tough. That game could have went either way at the end. And if the Raptors had lost the game, obviously the vibes would have been different. But you still would have seen the signs of positivity. 
And I think in this season overall, this is what your focus should be as a Raptors fan. Yes, you want to see wins. Yes, you'd love the team to move up in the standings. You want to see all that. But I think now night to night, you have an energy and a vibe that you can tune in for because you want to see Scotty Barnes develop and grow. But now, instead of just watching that, because that was one of my focuses that I tried to tell everyone watching the pod, hey, focus in every night on Scotty's development and how well he's doing, how well he's improving as he gets more responsibility. Well, now you get to have that same conversation about RJ and quickly every single night. And I think that's really dope. And for night one, hey, that's a success. So again, Raptors win 124-121. Great performance there. My guy August checks in with the comment. Shouts to August. He says, was weird watching the Knicks today. Can't stand the Knicks and Knicks fans, but caught myself rooting for OG every time he touched the ball. Yeah, OG Ananobi is still a fan favorite. Like, Raps fans love OG. That's not going to change just because he's on the Knicks. And OG was such a like interesting character in Toronto as well. Because every once in a while, he'd have some like viral video or, you know, one-off like weird comment, you know, something that would go viral, the scarves or I don't shoot to miss. Like every once in a while, he'd give you a banger. But for the most part, dude never talked. Never gave you a quote for the most part, right? He's very quiet, very strange vibe, I'll say from my perspective, right? But he was a fan favorite. He was a guy that worked hard when he was on the court. He played defense. He gave everything to the squad. And he's a guy that the Raps drafted and developed and turned into a real NBA player. That's pretty cool. So I think that's dope that Raps fans are still going to cheer for OG even if he's on the Knicks. Now, I ask you, August, what are you going to do when the Raps play the Knicks? What are your vibes going to be then? (laughs) What are you going to be thinking about? That's a story for another day, but huge shout to anyone watching this video, wherever you happen to be watching this video. All we ask in return is just hit us with a like, hit that like button, hit that share button, whatever it is below that you're watching this, whatever platform it is, whether it's Instagram, the app formerly known as Twitter or on YouTube. Huge shouts to you, the Raptors fan, because you sat through a difficult first 30 plus games of this season. And especially the last month of Raptors basketball has not been good at all. And so we do this pod for the diehards. The diehards had stuck through and watched those games and struggled through those games. And now you have something that at least you can follow through with and watch and try to enjoy throughout the rest of the season. Now, it's not going to be all wins. I'm still not talking about like wins and you're trying to make the playoffs and trying to like all that stuff could happen. I don't know. But I'm telling you, I'm super excited to tune in and watch the development and growth of a young group of really talented guys. Scotty Barnes was the fifth overall pick in the draft. Fourth overall pick in the draft, pardon me. RJ's number three in the like those are highly drafted prospects. Quickly, highly touted coming out of Kentucky. Quickly, a dude like cooking with 15 a night off the bench for the Knicks. What could he do? 
in Toronto as a starter. Like, you have things here to focus in and just watch the development and grow. And I think that's a whole different vibe to have for the rest of this 2024 season or the 2024 portion of this season. And that's dope. So salute to y'all Raptors fans. Really appreciate y'all for tuning in as always. Know that you can catch us after each and every Toronto Raptors game. Taking in your comments and questions, whether it is on Instagram or YouTube at the Canada Hoops Daily page. Same thing goes. You can interact with the show on the app formerly known as Twitter at Can Hoops Daily. And of course, we got you covered for your morning commute. Maybe while you're at the gym, you want to get a recap in the morning. We got you covered. The pod ends up on Apple and Spotify. I mean, right after I do the live show, ends up online there as well. So huge shouts to y'all supporting the pod and supporting the movement that is the Canada Hoops Daily Pod. A lot of people tuned in for the uh, emergency pod, which was the OG and Anobi trade. Broke that down. That was huge. So I really appreciate everyone that tuned in and commented and liked and shared. And those that didn't, I appreciate y'all too, because eventually you will see Canada Hoops Daily. We got big things on the way. So stay tuned. We appreciate y'all. But again, Raptors win 124-121. Scotty B with 20 points. RJ Barrett in his debut. Chipping in with 19 and 9. Manuel quickly with 14 and 6. As they are new starters for your Toronto Raptors. And they are able to pull out a victory on night one behind Pascal Siakam's 36 points as he held it down for the Raptors in crunch time, leading them to victory. Raptors 1-0 in the year 2024. What a time to be alive indeed, Raptors fans. And as I always say, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is Canada Hoops Daily Presents, the Wrap It Up podcast, coming to you live and interactive after each and every Toronto Raptors game. And as always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya.